0: Welcome to the Friday Night Ohio podcast powered by Sarda. I'm Cliff Hickman of the Canton Repository along with Joe Scalzo and Mike Popovich of the Rep. And today we're looking ahead at week three on Friday night. We're going to start things off with a look at the Federal League, and Joe Scalzo is going to be handling that for us. How are things looking after mixed results in Week 2? <laughs>
1: um, it's it's one of those weeks where you got a little bit of the island of misfit toys on some of these games. Um, Perry's playing, I think, a team from Naperville, Illinois, which is outside Chicago, and, and Hoover has Cleveland John Adams. And sometimes you're just trying to fill that last spot before um, – before the Federal League schedule begins I, there are some good games though I think I think probably the best game in my mind is um, Jackson and Boardman which is kind of a, a little throwback Federal League game and um, Jackson's coming off a tough loss to Mayfield you know this is probably a game with, with Perry looming that they really want because um, you're starting to like you know you don't want to look too far ahead but you eat, you want to take care of business in the non-conference games because you can't expect to go more than three or three and four and two usually in the federal league each year. Um, so that's a big one. Um, And then, you know, Green and Louisville, you know, Louisville's coming off a huge win over Hoover. That's, you know, and that's going to be a really tough challenge for Green, but it gives everybody in the Federal League another look at at what Louisville has to offer because they have some other games looming against Perry and Lake. And then, uh, you know, McKinley's playing Euclid. You know, Euclid's a really storied program. They you know they beat Jackson pretty good in the playoffs a couple years ago, so that's a nice test for them. And and, uh, I don't think McKinley's actually played Euclid um, before, at least – you know, not in a long time, so um, that's a big challenge. And you know they have some stuff to clean up, even though they're two and zero, um, and they're always kind of like looking ahead to that Maslin game. But um, you know that's—I I think that's probably one of the best games of the of the of the night as well. And I think the only other Federal League game is is Lake and Copley, and Copley's way down, so um, kind of an interesting mix. But you know I think it's a, a really important week for for the Federal League because everybody but Lake next week starts league play.
0: Exactly it's a big week and I guess the other question I have for you you brought up the island of misfit toys why exactly did herbie not like making toys I never
1: understood <laughs> There's a lot of questions about that like why is santa so mean and oh, uh, yeah. yeah and and why is uh
0: why is uh Yukon Corn, Cornelius, why is he like insane? So and the abominable snowman, they they pull his teeth out. I mean, he wasn't a bad guy. He yeah, was doing what he was doing
1: that that movie or that show, like it, when you watch it, it's it's got some strange stuff. So
0: we'll investigate that in another (laughs) podcast in its entirety. But right now, we'd like to remind you that the Friday Night Ohio podcast is powered by Sarda. Sarda, providing over 5,000 rides a day for work. Sarda provides over 2.4 million rides a year. Sarda takes you to work, school, medical appointments, and more. Sarda, where can we take you today i can tell you where it's going to take us right now it's taking us over to mike popovich who is uh, looking at some of the ivc games this week east canton and rootstown is one that really stands out to me mike
2: yeah this will be uh, the second year these two teams have played uh rootstown came to east canton uh, last year and they uh, defeated the hornets um it's a it's a good game for east canton to have uh as they get read, get set for the IVC season, I mean, I, you know, personally, I'd love to face a good team that would help me get ready for that. And if I can, you know, if I can beat them as well, I mean, that's going to help me down the road as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see how East Canton responds uh, after coming off a loss to to St. Thomas Aquinas. I still think they're going to really have a good season. There, I mean, their running game uh, with Nathaniel Suntimer, Jaron Mola, and uh, Turner Turner. Glam- or Turner Glyne's the quarterback as well as a as a big offensive line should help carry them a long way this season. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they match up with uh, Rootstown, r- uh, really one of the top teams in the uh, Portage Trail Conference. They, uh, like he's Canton, they've gone into the playoffs for the past couple seasons and uh, it should be a good matchup.
0: And looking at some of the other games on the docket, we have South Range and Central Catholic. Mike, that seems like another great matchup.
2: Well, yeah, and this will be kind Kind of leading into another team, we'll be talking about uh, uh, as well here in a few minutes. Uh, um, for Central Catholic, they're one and one. Um, the one thing. Um, you know, you want to guard against this week, uh, as well as uh, St. Thomas Aquinas who will be playing at Claymont. Uh, you want to guard against looking ahead to that uh, that big Thursday night uh, rivalry game next week uh, between the two. I mean, I don't think they will. I mean, these two teams are are too are too talented to uh, uh, and well coached to to do that. Um, the Crusaders, you know, going back to Central here for a minute. Um, it's been it's been really interesting to see how much their passing game has carried them this season. Um it's nothing they intentionally wanted to do. Um Jeff Linda Smith had talked about uh, you know, when you're facing uh defensive lines that are as big as Perry and they're as big as Norway, um, you know, you're gonna have to find other ways to, to move the football just you know, except on the ground and uh with uh, Austin Beck a quarterback and uh A great group of receivers, they've been able to do that.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Austin Beck. He sits atop the individual stat board on FridayNightOhio.com for passing yards this season, which, like you said, maybe not something they foresaw going into the year.
2: Well, he sat atop the uh, FridayNightOhio.com stat board for interceptions last year. And, uh, you know, when you get as much experience like that uh, uh, playing in the secondary and if you're as good as he he is in the secondary, um, taking over a quarterback's role, Uh, You probably don't have a lot thrown at you compared to maybe what other people who don't play in the secondary and are as as good as he is. So uh, he's been able to transition to that role
0: really well. And you mentioned it earlier, St. Thomas, Aquinas, and Claymont. Claymont off to a rough start to the season. They had a coaching change, still adjusting to that new system. Meanwhile, Aquinas has been one of the big surprises in the area thus far.
2: Yeah, Aquinas is 2-0 for the first time since uh, 2016. Um, I just looked it up. Uh, they haven't been 3-0 since uh, 2014. So uh, they've got a good chance of uh, doing that. And uh, uh, you, you talk about uh, another guy who's made the uh, transition to a new position uh, very well. It's Aquinas quarterback Alex Hawkins. Threw for almost 300 yards. Three touchdowns in last week's win over East Canton. Um, he played a lot of uh, wide receiver for them, but uh, before, but he early on in his high school career had some experience as a quarterback and he's been able to uh, uh, make that transition as well, you know, like Austin Beck has at Central. So um, Crusaders and the Knights, really good chance to pick up wins uh, this week uh, and head into next week's game with a lot of
0: momentum. Well, that'd be certainly great for us to see here in the area. And we're going to continue on to a look at a couple big EBC games with me here in a moment. But first, I'd like to mention that the Goodwill Drive to Victory returns for a second season. Donate stuff. Help your school. Help our community. Give to Goodwill. All right, and now we're taking a look at the EBC this week. Uh, Two games are standing out to me. I've talked to Alliance. They're going on the road to face Chardon. Chardon, another very tough team. Very physical. Run the ball really well. I talked to Alliance coach Seth Whiting. He feels like they are everything he said you want in a team. He said they run everywhere. Off the field, on the field, in between plays. He said it's just kind of, you can tell they're really well Coached. Now, at the Lions, they did want to get the passing game on track. Brandon Alexander certainly did that last week in the loss to Niles. Uh, he threw three touchdown passes, had 180 yards. He almost ran for 100 yards. I know they want to cut down on that a little bit. But Brandon Alexander is a guy to watch. He's six foot three, two hundred pounds. He he strikes an image when he's out there. He definitely looks the part of a, a big time quarterback. So that is going to be a very very interesting game there. And then we have New Philadelphia at Marlington, the Dukes uh, trying to improve to two and one. This is one of the better New Philadelphia teams we've probably seen in a bit here. New Philadelphia has a really good good quarterback. That's going to be a great game. The one thing Marlington did, Alliance wanted to get its passing game going. Marlington wanted to get its running game going, and they did that against Kent Roosevelt. Anthony Sabatino piled up close to 200 yards, 197, and three touchdowns on about 17 carries. And Mark Gulling told me yesterday that was a big goal for him this season, is to make that running game work. Because he said, if you try to throw it 50 times a game, people start to sit on it the windows get tighter and it just puts all kind of pressure on your quarterback and thus far they they've done a really good job of that
1: and cliff you know the the the... Alliance and and Marlington have kind of separated them the last themselves the last few years since you know um, since Louisville's gone. But I look and I I mean the way they schedule their non-conference is completely different than some of the other schools. I mean the the level of competition.
0: I mean Chardon and and, and New Philly are are really good programs for them to be playing uh, in Week Three. Oh, you're exactly right. Those two schools seem to separate, and a lot of the other schools are kind of in these you know building or rebuilding phases. Canton South has a, a lot of issues. I'm gonna get into a little bit in the in the next segment as far as numbers and just some bizarre injuries. Uh, Carrollton again, after uh, head coaching change, is still trying to adjust. Minerva's on the 42-game losing streak. They have Beaver Local this week, which possibly, possibly might see the the losing streak come to an end there. But yeah, it's clearly Alliance in Marlington really at the Top of that, and you have to worry if they keep winning this too much. Joe, did the other teams throw them out of the league? <laughs>
1: um, you know, I, I I think you're starting to see the same issue, though. Like, I mean, long term,
0: it's the same thing. Yeah, Louisville. It's <laughs> Alliance is a Division two school now. Whether mm-hmm. it's fair or not is a thing. But again, that's a that's a pretty big school to be in the EBC with Canton South and Carrollton and those type of schools. And I say that jokingly, but you wonder if that issue is going to pop up if... (laughs) the aviators and dukes just continue to run away with this thing every year
1: i think you know you mentioned minerva that's to me that's an interesting story so far because they've been so much more competitive this year and and you're looking at you know beaver local is down um canton south is struggling that that, you know the next two weeks you got to think if you're if you're minerva you got to
0: get one of these or you know maybe it doesn't happen this year (laughs) oh absolutely this is the next couple weeks are big for minerva i like the things they're doing though uh They they were only down by three points to Sandy Valley at the half last week. They kind of fell uh, apart in the second half, but I mean Sandy Valley's a possible playoff team to hang in there is pretty impressive, Mike.
2: Well, I I don't know what you guys are doing, but I picked Minerva in the paper this week. I do too. I I, I can't remember the last time I I did, and you know I can't believe I'm talking about what I pick in the paper
0: because I really well we know you love that, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) It's your highlight of the week. Tell us about your process for picking games uh i just go
2: right through it and get on to my work then you know (laughs) i don't don't know if i have a process or whatever it's just like i don't i don't know if people really care who i think wins games or not like that but uh um getting off that for a second no i i i think you know i think this is a, a a, they're gonna break that Uh, losing streak sometime this season. I don't know if they're, you know, they may do it this week, you know, they may do it down the road, but, you know, judging, you know, like Joe had talked about, they've been, you know, really competitive their, their first two weeks. And, uh, you know, it, whenever it happens, it just would really be nice to see it happen because, um... You know, I always look at high school sports as you know it, it teaches you the it teaches you the the life lessons you carry on you know for the rest of your life as far as giving one hundred percent and you know teamwork and and the wins are the bonus when uh, you look at it, but you know. Some kids really need to have to experience, really experience that bonus at least once during their high school careers. And uh, I think that's, I think they're going to, I think they're going to find a way to get a win this year.
0: Well, they certainly seem to have the tools. Uh, they run the wing T, but last week uh, their quarterback, Braden Costia, was 12 of 18. He has a full year of starting experience under his belt, through for 100 plus yards and no interceptions and a touchdown. So they prove they can throw it when they have to and adjust when teams are stacking the box Garrison Markins everyone I've talked to in the EBC thus far uh, has seemed and beyond pretty impressed with him he has a lot of speed a smaller back so there are some guys that can do some things for Minerva where maybe they haven't had the one or two playmakers they could rely on in the past they've always had size along the line but that seems to be coming into play now
1: Yeah, I think we're all rooting for him. I think if we're being honest about this, I mean, like Mike said, you know, you don't have to go undefeated, but you shouldn't have to finish your high school career without winning a game.
0: Oh, yeah, that's absolutely – back in the day at Alliance, I know I was on a couple of teams that – I think in two years we combined for two wins in the waning days of the Federal League in eighth and ninth grade. And, I mean, that was – sledding for – It was not fun, and I can't imagine getting the zero, the one almost kind of made it, you know, kind of worth it. And, man, going zero, that's got to be just its really tough. So, yeah, I'm definitely pulling for him. You want to see him get that get that win, and hopefully this week maybe. And before we close it out, we want to remind you that the Akron Children's Hospital FridayNightOhio.com Game of the Week continues in Week 3 Friday when Maslin visits Warren Harding at 7 p.m. The live stream broadcast in partnership with Heart Radio will be on FridayNightOhio.com and the Friday Night Ohio app. And we're going to close things out with just a thought or two from everybody. I'll I'll start us off. We mentioned the Akron Children's Hospital. And unfortunately, it seems like uh, Canton South has had uh, a lot of players in the MASH unit this season. It seems to be a weird thing. I was talking to Gregory. They had Dakota Fawcett, a sophomore starter for them during the game last week, taken off with a throat injury. (laughs) He ended up being okay. He said around midnight he got a text saying he was okay, and he's actually been cleared to play this week. Um, They're not sure if he is. Gregory says obviously they want to be very careful with him. But that wasn't the end of the bad news. They've got a flu bug around the team that kept two starters out last week. He said it's hanging around, and it's actually moved into the coaching staff. A couple coaches have it, and it's still hanging around. And probably worst of all, one of their starting linemen, Jim, Jacob Dugan, a sophomore. He was jogging off the field after practice and fell over. He has a torn Achilles tendon, non-contact injury. So it is, you know, you talk about the challenges at a, at a smaller school like Canton South where you don't have many numbers to begin with and just a string of bizarre instances there. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I look at, they. I think they started like six and one, two years ago. They did. And, and they just had so much momentum. I felt like if they could just get one more win and get in the playoffs, you know, Gregory had a, a good foundation there and then they've just they haven't been able to get those numbers. And you just wonder, like how much, you know, a little thing like that could have just kind of sparked more interest in kids going out, and then you don't have as many depth problems. Yeah, I,
0: I know one thing he's talked about is he wants to find a longer-term quarterback over the but every year, his three years with the team, they've had a new quarterback. The last two years, they've been converted wide receivers, so that's always kind of been a challenge. He said you'd like to get someone in there you can develop and have as a starter, so you can build a system for a couple of years, but at the same time, with the numbers the way they are you really can't just force someone into that spot if they're not ready yeah um the thing I want to
1: touch on we haven't got to yet. I mean, is our game of the week is is Maslin and Warren Harding. Maslin doesn't go on the road very often, so this is a good opportunity for them to play, you know, a road game. Um, Elijah Taylor, the Warren Harding quarterback, I saw him in week one. is terrific. He's as good as anybody, you know. They'll see this year, and and uh, just a good test for them because they haven't really been challenged the way you know the way they they need to be because their goals are, are way beyond um, just the regular season
0: and we're going to send it over to Mike Popovich. Mike, is there anything else you're keeping an eye on this week?
2: Well, I just like to uh, you know, just kind of see how some of these teams really, you know, especially, you know, the teams like you talked about Alliance and Shard, you know, Alliance taking on a really good Shard and team Marlington taking on a really good New Philadelphia team. It's, I'm interested in seeing how some of those teams match up in, in in big games like that and you know, like, you know, like we it talked about uh, the the league season is going to be starting uh, uh, next week for these teams. So, uh, you know, I, like I said before, I I think, you know, having that test before you you start uh, a league season that could have a lot of more tests into it is a really good thing.
0: Yeah, you're going to find out which teams have prepared well and which teams are kind of maybe just uh, struggling to get by. (laughs) So that's gonna do it for this week this is a podcast from the canton repository sports department look for our next episode late friday night slash early saturday morning i'll be honest with you it's probably going to be early saturday morning about 1 a.m and for joe scalzo and mike popovich i'm cliff hickman you'll probably see this same crew in here friday night or it's usually some assembly required